Scripture memory verse tonight. We're going through Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. And tonight is 6, 12, or excuse me, yeah, 6, 12. Uh, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against a spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. Ephesians 6, 12. Anybody else? Yes, sir. Good job. Anybody else? Good job. Anybody else? Ephesians 6, 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Ephesians 6, 12. Good job, Ray. King James Version, which is really good. Um... There's a war going on. It's, it's a spiritual war that is in the spiritual realm for the souls of men. That's what it's about. It's the souls of men. And the devil fights with lies, and he wants you to believe the lie. And God has come and sent his son and gives us truth. And he gives us truth in this word. The word declares truth it, it, it gives us the full truth and really in everything that you're doing in the christian world in the christian life and the being born again if you do not believe the word of god you cannot be born again you have to believe that's the, the repent and believe believe is trusting god so how can you trust god uh, to save you if you can't trust him to get you a book 66 books by 40 authors that reveal all that he has done in creation all that he's doing all that he's going to do if you he can't be a god that can save you if he can't be a god to get you a book that reveals who he is the knowledge of god so you, it's impossible to say well i believe there's a god but i don't believe in the bible i don't believe in the god of the bible those don't line up. He's not really God if he can't get us a complete Bible, a complete book, a complete revelation of himself that's enough to follow him, to be in love with him, and have a relationship with him. Then I don't want to serve a God that can't give me a book that man destroys. Oh, God did have a book, and at one time it was good, but now man has completely destroyed it. Oh, well, what kind of God is that, that he can't even keep man from destroying his word? See, don't make no mistake, the attack is on the word of God, 
and man is trying to destroy it, but he's being, man's doing that because of a spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places, because of the devil, because of Beelzebub. And the first thing that the devil wants you to do is to believe that he is not real. But he is real. In fact, the Bible calls him many names. But in uh, Luke eleven fifteen, he's called Beelzebub or the ruler of demons. In 2 Corinthians 4, 4, he's, he's called the God of this world. In uh, the same book here that we're in earlier, Paul telling the church in Ephesus that he's the prince of the power of the air. In chapter 2, in fact, let's go look at chapter 2 really quick. I wanted just to point out a couple things to you as we look and see that he's the prince and the power of the air right now. He's given that authority. Listen, Satan is God's devil. He has no power of his own. God allows him to lie. God allows him to have free choice to rebel against him. And he fell from heaven. He took a third of the angels with him. He allows that. But God, but God doesn't allow him to do anything to you that you don't open the door from. He is toothless. He, he, he is toothless against you. He's powerless against you. And everything that you do is because of your choices. Listen to me. Everything that you do is because of your choices. You're choosing to listen to the lie or you're choosing to obey the truth. Everything is, is based upon your choices. You're choosing. God chooses you and then he wants you to choose him. But look at this. It says here that, that in 2.1 of Ephesians, and you, that's anyone who is in Christ, he's writing to the Christians in Ephesus, he made alive, quickened, King James, who were dead. See, we're all born dead in our trespasses and sins. Romans 5, 8 says that uh, God demonstrated his own love toward us, and yet while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We were dead. He made us alive. He quickened us, brought us back to, to spiritual knowledge of who he is. In which you once walked, walk is always a lifestyle of how you're living. You're believing the lie. You're living in the lie. You're under the sway of the wicked one. Look at it. How did you once live? You and I, everybody, the Ephesians, everybody ever born of a woman except for Jesus Christ, once walked, many still do, according to the course of this world, what world? He's talking about the world systems that are diametrically opposed to God. He's talking about the mindset and the organizations that are against God, that have said no to God, that are still underneath the sway of the wicked one. They're listening to the lie according to, and this is the part I wanted you to see, the prince of the power of the air. Listen, he's the prince of the power of the air. He is mighty. Listen, he's mighty. But God is almighty. All power and authority has been given to Christ. Christ is the head of all principalities and powers. And he's over Satan. And truth defeats the liar, Satan. Truth is how we fight. Truth is the first weapon. As we go ahead to put on the armor of God, we're going to find out that every single piece of the armor is Christ. But the first one is the belt of truth. Girding your waist with truth. 
It's a belt that you put around your waist. And then all of their other weapons are going to hook to the belt, just like you would see a soldier, just like you would see a police officer that has all the rest of their weapons attached to the belt of truth. Everything that we do has to be attached to that truth. Truth is a person. It's Jesus Christ. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Truth is a person. Even after you're saved and you believe the truth, in order to be sanctified and be conformed to the image of God, John 17, 17, he says, sanctify them with truth. Your word is truth. Jesus is the living incarnate word. So it's so important that we know and believe and trust this word to be true and an accurate account of who God is, what he's done, what he's doing, and what he's going to do. And everything that he said about his first coming, felt it was all true. Not one part of it fell to the ground. Every bit of it happened on the day, the hour, the moment, the way that he said. And just as sure as that happened, his second coming is going to happen the same way. And those who have eyes to see and ears to hear can see that we are in those days. We're in the perilous times where there'll be a reduction of strength in the church. A reduction of strength because we walk away from the word of God. We walk away from this book that God has given us and the spirit of God who leads us in the word of God leads us into all truth. So he says that he is the prince of the power of the air, the spirit. Now listen to this. It's, it's, still, it's still Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2b. The spirit is a demonic spirit. It's the spirit of wickedness. It's wicked spirits. The King James says says uh, 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 spirit, spiritual wickedness, but it also says there's a note that says wicked spirits. The spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Notice that when you see that, you know that the sons of God are supposed to now be having a heart toward obedience. Because we once were sons of disobedience. We were once dead in our sins and trespasses. And now because of the blood of Jesus, we've been made alive and given his righteousness. And he has taken our sin. So it's the spirit who now works. That's what he's doing in the sons of disobedience. He's speaking through them. He's working through them. He's in the streets. It's not them that's the enemy we're going to see here in a minute. It's not flesh and blood. It's the spirit of wickedness that's working through them because they've chosen not to obey God. Three, among whom also we all, how much is all? Get a calculator. We all once conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. We were just like them. But the Father spoke to us. The Father woke us up and told us that Jesus was Lord, and he gave us the grace to believe it. Notice how they're in the flesh. They're fulfilling the desires of the flesh. And, 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 the, and the mind is what they're hearing. You hear that? It's the thoughts. They're listening to the lies, and then they follow it out in the flesh. They're listening to the lies instead of listening to the truth. And so they stay dead in their trespasses. Look at this. What happened to us? What happened to everyone who believes truly in the Son of God, who believes in the blood of Jesus, who has been made alive? 
Look at verse 4. But God, He intervenes. He steps into time in the person of Jesus Christ, who is rich in mercy, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us through the washing and regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. That's what Titus 3, 5, and 6 tells us. And we're going to see that it's by grace we've been saved. Mercy because of His great love. He didn't make us alive. He didn't save us because of anything we did. It was all because of His great love for His creation. With which He loved us even when we were dead. That's how we were born. In trespasses, in our sin, made us, He quickened us, made us alive together with Christ. Notice who we're with. Notice who is getting us into heaven. You have to be joined with Christ. You have to be in Christ. You have to believe in Him as the Messiah, the anointed of God, the Mashiach. By grace you have been saved, in parentheses, to forethought, and raised us up together. That's resurrection. Resurrection. We need to know the power of the resurrection. Positionally, we're already there. We're already seated. Look. Raised us up together and made us set together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Our identity in Christ Jesus, we're already perfect, finished, seated in heavenly places. Down here, we're denying self. Down here, we're learning to obey. Down here, we're being sanctified. Down here, we've stopped walking according to the prince of the air. Down here, we've stopped listening to the course of the world. Down here, we've stopped being sons of disobedience or children, the King James calls it. They're not children of the Father of lies anymore. We're children of God. And we're learning to be obedient in His house. Why? Verse 7, that in the age to come, He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness toward us. We're at in Christ Jesus. Jesus. And then he tells us, for by grace, God's riches at Christ's expense, it's unmerited favor. You have been saved. You can't earn it. Saved, delivered from the sin nature, delivered from death that sin brings through faith, a constancy, not just a, I believe, but a constancy in that faith. And that of not of yourselves. It wasn't anything that I did, you did, any person that was ever saved. It's not something of self. Self is supposed to be dead. In fact, the only way you can agree or believe is by the power of the Spirit. Self can't even do that. It is a gift of God. Free gift. Not of works. Listen, these are important words because in the spiritual war, in the spiritual battle, in everything that we're talking about in this battle, the, the, the prince and power of the air, the principalities, the, the rulers of the darkness of this age, the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places, they want us to trust in our works and not the finished works of Christ on the cross. They want us to think that we're saved because of what we're doing and then feel unsaved because we didn't do it. But our position in Christ is secure because of the blood. He took our place. He's a redeeming sacrifice. He was an atonement for sin. He took the full wrath of God on the cross. 
It's not of our works. Our works are filthy rags. Nothing good dwells in the flesh. As many as are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God, the children of God. Why? Lest anyone should boast. I did more work than you. You didn't come to church today. You weren't at Bible study. I'm more saved than you. No, it's all done in the blood of Jesus, perfectly, completely finished. But if it's true, look at it. Watch what it says. For we are his workmanship. Listen, if we are in Christ, we become his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in. We're no longer, look, verse 2-1, no longer walking according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. We're not listening to the lies. We're not listening to the world systems. We're listening to God's spirit. Because we are now walking according to what Christ created in us, his workmanship. It's the word poema. Poema, it's where we get our English word poem. He has created us to walk. He before, beforehand, look, look, which God prepared beforehand. Do you know what God prepared beforehand that you should walk in? Listen, first of all, you walk in the spirit and you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. But then the spirit gives you giftings. The spirit has made you, uh, uh, created in Christ Jesus, works for you to do. You're called for a purpose. You're called with an ability. And, and he wants to quicken that to you. He wants to show you how to do that in his power, in his might. We're supposed to put on the whole armor of God that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Listen to me. It's very important stuff. So, now let's go back to our text, and I want to read it for you. I want you to see the full context of it, because when he gets to the end of this letter, which gives us our identity and tells us who we are and how we're saved, and everything about us coming underneath the authority that God has laid out in, in the universe and believing God, he says, finally, verse 10 of chapter 6, finally, not like it wasn't important, but how do you do all of this? How can we do all this? By putting on Christ. How can, we, how can we live for God in this present evil age and not be deceived by the father of lies, by the Holy Spirit? Every piece of armor is putting on truth, putting on Christ, being equipped to recognize it because the Spirit of God is giving you discernment and the ability to do it. Watch this. For finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind. You can't do it in your own strength. You have to admit that you are powerless. You have no strength because you can't see the spiritual realm. You do not know all truth, but God does. You can't tell when it's a very good crafty lie because the devil is a tacticianist. And all of a sudden you're following a lie. You're following a church that teaches lies. Well, you were baptized as a baby, so you're fine. Go on. No, these are all lies. They're not biblical. You can't identify as a baby when you can't even talk yet with the blood of Jesus. You have to do that as you get older. And I'm sorry, didn't mean to go into infant baptism. It's just there. Well, do what after you're being strong in the Lord, after you, after you draw near to God, and after you humble yourself, uh, you put on 
Take off the old person. Take off your old armor. Take off your old way of fighting in the flesh and put on the whole armor of God. Not part of it. It's not just the New Testament. It's the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's not just part of it. Oh, I'm going to put on a couple of these things and I'm going to go to church. No, it's your whole identity now in Christ. A new relationship with God where once you were his enemy and now you've been brought near and you have peace with God through the blood of Jesus Christ. It's a new relationship, a new creation you've become. And you put on all the armor of God. Why? So that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil because he has all these methods he's down here trying to destroy with all the spiritual realm see we're spiritual people who are, are living in a physical world but as spiritual people we're serving a god who is spirit and we have to live according to the spirit and we can't see into the spiritual realm, but the Spirit of God can teach us about the spiritual realm and help us to see the effect of the prince of the air, the liar, the excuse me, the devil. And we can't see the spiritual realm, but we can see the effects of it. We can see the places where it's at. We can see the rebellion. We can see the sin. We can see the deception. We can see those that are following the lies and know that they're not our enemy. But that our enemy is the devil and his uh, delegated authority. And so you see, what does it say when you put on the whole armor of God? When you put on the whole armor of God, look at it, you may be able. It gives you the ability to stand. It's the ability to stand. If you don't put on the whole armor of God, you cannot stand against the walls of the devil. You can't do it in the flesh. If you could do it in the flesh, then you could go take some karate classes. You could get a gun. You could do all these other things that we see in the flesh that people do to fight a battle. Like in the, you could go join the army. Well, see, when you say a prayer and you believe in Jesus and you're covered in the blood, you become a soldier in the army of the living God. And no one called to be a soldier entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he might please him who called you to be a soldier. So we want to be very careful not to get entangled and entwined and into the web of the devil's lies. And we go out and we're fighting a, a, a political fight. We go out and we're fighting a battle of flesh and blood. When it's not, we've been given the ability to stand against his lies, to stand against his method. And he always wants us to get caught up in a physical battle. We've been given the ability not to do that. Remember, James says, this is Paul. James, who agrees completely with Paul in 4.7, says what? Submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil. You have to submit to God first before you even have the ability to resist the devil. You have to put on the armor of God first before you have the ability to stand against the wiles of the devil. Because when you're putting on the armor of God, when you're submitting to God, you're learning the truth. And you're saying, I believe everything he says, even when I can't see. That's what faith is. We follow the true history of who his character is, what his truth says, what his word says. Even when we can't see, we follow God and his truth. And we don't follow the lie then. 
And that helps us win in the spiritual realm because we're obeying truth. So it says, you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You have the ability now when you put on the whole armor of God. Well, it takes some time to put on the whole armor of God, but it doesn't take time to have the spirit. You just believe in the blood. The spirit comes in. He gives you discernment. He begins to protect you. He, he, he's protecting your life. He's the one that's going to make sure you get across the finish line. So you have to be careful not to try to do it in your power and your might, but to surrender and keep putting on the armor. Keep preparing yourself. Why? Because we don't wrestle. He gives us all of this perfectly. Listen, soldiers everywhere. When Paul's writing this, they're everywhere. Roman soldiers. He says, for we, that's part of your identity. It's the body of Christ. Do not wrestle hand-to-hand -hand combat. It means to, 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 to throw someone. To throw Hand-to-hand -hand combat. We, we don't have, we're not throwing anyone. We don't, we're not having hand-to-hand -hand combat with flesh sarks. Flesh. You know what flesh means? Look at this, I'll, I'll tell you. It's the meat of an animal or the body as opposed to the soul or the spirit. See, we're not fighting against somebody who's listening to the lies of the devil. The real enemy is the spiritual power behind that flesh and blood. So that person is the mission field. The flesh and blood is the mission field. They're the ones that's believed the devil and they don't believe God. And they're still the sons of disobedience that are walking according to the course of this world. But you and I have been made alive, quickened, and we are now citizens in heaven. We're supposed to be learning the truth, putting on the armor of God and understanding the methods of the devil to get us caught up in a battle down here when we really know it's in the spiritual realm. We really know that what they need is truth. And if they're not receiving truth from you, the only thing you can do is pray for them, be an example, and continue to give truth and stand. That's our call, to stand. So it's, we're not hand-to-hand -hand combat with flesh and blood. Life is in the blood. But against, here's, here's, here's our opponent. The word against means toward or pertaining to or between. It's the direction, our direction, where we're looking, what we know. It's not flesh and blood. When my wife and I are in an argument, she's not the enemy. Same with you, same with your boss, same with your children. Your children are not the enemy. Your children are the mission field. Your children are your calling to train them. Your spouse whether it be your wife, my calling is to cover her and protect her and lead her, lay my life down for her. Whether it be the wife to the husband, he, she is to submit to him. He's not the enemy. No matter how much it feels like it, the man of God, the woman of God, the child of God needs to know that our battle is not about the flesh and blood, but about the spiritual lie, the spiritual mindset, the spiritual attitude, the actual wicked spirits that are behind that person who is ignoring God and not listening to God and has not surrendered to God. And many people who say they're Christians can still be listening to the devil. Just because we said a prayer and say we believe in the blood of Jesus doesn't mean that we've surrendered to the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, allowing the Spirit to sanctify us. 
We can hang on to the flesh. We can keep our mindsets. We can maybe have an education from the world and continue to believe in that intellect. Continue to believe in their lies about evolution and their lies about that are that are against the word of God. Our battle is not of flesh and blood, but it's of principalities and powers. It's not flesh and blood. Look at 2 Corinthians 10. It's not flesh and blood, and we'll come back to this. 2 Corinthians 10. Three, Paul is defending his apostleship. Paul is defending his position. In fact, they, you know, they think Paul was a short, chubby guy that had no no masculinity whatsoever because he was a learned man that spent his time in books, and uh, he wasn't intimidating in public. He wasn't intimidating in presence. He looked weak, and listen. Why would he write three quarters of the New Testament? Because he surrendered to the Spirit of God. It wasn't about his stature. It wasn't about his education. It wasn't about his intellect. He tells us that in Philippians, that he considered it all dung compared to the knowledge of God. See, in knowing God, in this relationship that we've entered to, we have to know the truth, to be sanctified by the truth, to put on the truth, to learn the truth, because the devil fights with lies. He sends his henchmen out to lie to us. So he says this when he's having all these cantankerous people in the church in Corinth who are being evil and they're talking bad about him and say, who's he? What's he got to say? He's nobody. We know Jesus too. He says this, and it might be a fight song or a fight slogan for the Christian, for though we walk in the flesh. Listen, you and I are flesh and blood right now. We're living in the flesh. We do not war. See, spiritual war. We're not in this war according to the flesh. You know, we're not doing push-ups. We're not getting strong. We're not yelling at one another. That's not how the Christian wars because he has the knowledge that it's a spiritual war and we've got to get through the battle of lies. We've got to deliver truth and if the Spirit of God takes that truth and, and, and pierces the conscience of that other person, then you can begin to win the spiritual battle against that and bring them to salvation. Look, I thought I was going to read that verse. Oh, we commend ourselves to the conscience of all oh, man. Where did I miss that at? I thought I was going to read it today. We don't war according to the flesh. For the weapons, see, we're learning about them, Ephesians 6, 10 through 20, of our warfare are not carnal. They're not fleshly, but they're mighty. Where are they at? They're in God. They're in Christ. They're hidden in Christ. That's why we're searching him out. That's why we want to have that relationship. That's why we want to learn that truth. That's why we get into the word, prayer, and fellowship so that we can learn the true creation. We can learn the true of what God is doing, what he's done, what he's getting ready to do. We can have a relationship where the spirit of God just can speak to us and give us a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge in times of need. And of course, in Ephesians 6, we're told the weapons are, what, the belt of truth. It's the breastplate of righteousness. It's, it, it's the gospel of peace. 
and, and we put on the shield of faith and then the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. And then praying always. Listen, it's, it, praying, if we are Christians, we have to pray. It's our oxygen line to heaven. As we pray, as we confess our sin, as we ask God to turn our hearts to his desire and give us his perspective and his wisdom on situations so we don't get caught up in the flesh and blood battle, so we don't get caught up in the lies of the wicked one. The weapons of our warfare are not fleshly, they're not carnal, but they're mighty in God. And what do we use them for? They pull down strongholds. What's a stronghold? It's deeply entrenched sin or mindsets that the, the enemy has lied to us and told us, you'll never get through that. You'll never get over that. You'll never be set free. Listen, the blood of Jesus sets us free. And what Christ has set free is free indeed. That's your position. That's your identity. Pulling down strongholds. That means destruction, demolishing strongholds which is which is a castle but it also means an argument listen the devil lies and he gives another argument he gives another idea he says oh listen there's no god there's a you know these christians say that there's a creation and god spoke you know that nobody can create nothing from speaking and and, and really what happened was this big bang where there was nothingness, and it was all moving around, and it all crashed into itself, and it blew up. And then this little thing happened in the water that was an amoeba, and it crawled up out of the water, and it became a, and it became a, and that became a, and then it was a monkey, and then we became man, and it's all just evolution. And if you want to disobey God, and you want to do your own thing, and you don't want to believe God, then you believe the lie. It's a choice you make with your own heart. Every decision you make is to choose a lie or choose truth. And you're growing in a relationship with truth. You have truth living in your heart by the person of the Holy Spirit who can tell you, no, no, no. And he is reproving your conscience so you can live with a conscience that's right before God always because of the righteousness of Christ. But then you can make decisions. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. He's going to tell us that here. Watch this. It's going to take it obedience to the obedience of Christ. But it pulls down strongholds. And strongholds are made by word pictures. Strongholds are made by lies. Strongholds are made by the believing the lie instead of the truth that Christ has set us free. And you have to get in the truth and learn the truth and say, wait a minute, that's a lie. And you might have to cast it out and cast it out and cast it out. Watch. Casting down means to lower with violence, to demolish it. Any arguments, King James, imaginations. Listen to me, listen to me. If you don't want to obey God, it's really fun to run with your imagination. Remember this? Look at this imagination. Listen, listen, listen. Imagine there's no heaven. Mr. Rogers. Uh, no. Oh. John Lennon. Right. It's easy if you try. No hell below us. Listen, the, the whole song is written about an imagination. You can actually go into your imagination and ignore real truth. I bet at one time you listened to that and song. And they said, oh. we hope one day you'll join us. Listen, they want you to join their imaginations, their arguments against God. They want you to say, no, God. 
Listen, when you say no, God, the Bible, I mean, it's translated, uh, uh, the fool has said in his heart, no, God. Listen, no, God. But it's really meaning, no, I'm not doing it. Like you would say as a disobedient child to your parent, to your boss, I won't do that. It means you believe in your heart that there's a God, but you're saying no to him. You're sons of disobedience, children of disobedience. But we've been brought near. We've been made alive. Now, in truth, in the spiritual realm, because we're spiritual children of God, we're, we're, we're walking it out in flesh and blood, but we don't war that way because we know the truth that it's a spiritual battle, that we're not bodies with a spirit, but we're spirits that have been given a body for this short period of time to test us to see if we will obey God. And believe in Jesus is where it starts, the blood, and then we continue to obey. Our hearts are moved toward obeying, and we don't fight with physical weapons, but we begin to surrender to the Spirit, and we stand in His power and His might, and we put on truth, put on the armor by faith. Look at here. And it tears down these strongholds. No matter what that deeply entrenched lie is or sin is or problem is, it tears them down. And it casts them down. It, it, it lowers them with violence and demolishes any argument or imagination or any high thing, listen, any high thing that exalts itself against knowing God, the knowledge of God. Now think about that. That high thing is referring back to the Old Testament when they had the high places. The kings and the people, they would never tear down the high places. What were the high places? It was places of worship where they would worship other gods, false gods, false ideas, the lies of the wicked one, the spiritual realm. They were worshiping them and saying no to God. They worshiped Baal and then would go into the temple and say, oh, I'm, I, yes, Yahweh, I'm listening to you. I'm obeying you, God. I've been here three times today praying. Yet in their heart, they were still worshiping at the high places still worshiping in their own arguments and imaginations and the high things that exalts itself, lifts its head up, rises up against the gnosis, the gnosis, the act of knowing God, the science of knowing God. It's a word for science. See, original science comes from God. He's the original creator. It has to come from him. When you know God, you learn perfect science. The act of knowing. Look at this. These things that exalt himself, like our rebellion, our pride, our selfishness, like, like a earthly psychology or sociology, or something that comes up with an ology that gives you another idea. Look at the sin in our world today. We've given it all names. ADHD. We've given it all these little titles and said no to God. We've got our own idea on how to take care of flesh and blood. But the true Christian, the person of the word of God, knows that it's not about human behavior. We already know human behavior is sin. And then if you come to Jesus, that whole human behavior goes in the grave. 
And now you get a new heart, a new creation, and you change your behavior. You once were sons of disobedience. Now you're a new creation. So those things don't apply to our lives. They just don't. They're not part of the Christian. The problem is sin. The problem is disobedience. And if we walk in the Spirit, we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. And anytime you fulfill the lust of the flesh or the desire thereof, that's sin. It's against God. There's nothing good that dwells in the flesh. So if it exalts itself against the knowledge of who he is. How do we, how do you get the knowledge of God? Wow. Well, here's right. 66 word. books that reveal it. But look, let's just, let's just answer it with his word because his word answers it. Go back to Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1. Proverbs 2, 1. Let's look. How do we get that? It's real clear. 2, 1 of Proverbs. It's real clear how to get the knowledge of God. See, there's things that are exalting. There's lies that are exalting itself against that knowledge. And there's pursuits. The devil wants you to chase everything. But... In truth, we're supposed to be only pursuing the knowledge of God. People are writing books. People are, are writing books about everything, speculating, arguing, imaginations, ideologies, philosophies. But only the Bible gives you the knowledge of God. Only in relationship and experience do we learn the knowledge of God when it lines up with the Word of God. So look here. My son, if you receive my words, remember? Remember, he spoke. John 8, 31 and 32. Jesus said to the Jews who believe, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Listen, my son, if you receive my words, that's not just like, I listened to a sermon today. No, 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 you're receiving it. You've like, I've got all my eggs in one basket. My whole soul, everything is about that word of God because I know it to be truth and I know it to be my spiritual weapons and I know it to be Jesus Christ because he is truth and I know that the Bible tells me this is how I'm sanctified. What's that mean? Set apart for his good pleasure, becoming more like Christ and treasure my commands within you. In other words, there's things that he's commanded us. He's telling us to do. And you make them your treasure. I want to learn how to do them. I can't do them in my own works. I can't do them in my own strength and power. But I want to find out what you called me to do, what you've commanded me to do, and I'm going to ask you to equip me. Give me the ability to do them and help me walk in your spirit so that you incline your ear to wisdom. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And apply your heart to understanding. In other words, it, comes, it might come in your ear, but it comes out in your heart as you apply it. You, 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 you uh, incline your ear. I need to put myself in the place of hearing the word of God, reading the word of God, and then application with my heart, understanding what he meant. Asking him for wisdom. Look at this. Look at this. In other words, become doers of the word and not hearers only. You can't just hear it in your ear and then go, okay. It has to become the same inside and outside. And that's a hard rub because a lot of us would call ourselves hypocrites because a lot of times I'm going to church and I'm thinking bad thoughts because that's my heart. But I'm asking God to clean those up. 
so that the inside looks like the outside and the outside looks like the inside and that I'm being conformed into the image of Christ. Yes, if you cry out for discernment, are you asking for help? Are you crying out? Are you repenting and asking for proper judgment, discernment? And lift up your voice for understanding. Lord, I need to know how to do this. You're lifting up your voice. This is what you do when you pray. You're crying out. You're lifting up your voice. You're coming to him for oxygen and for, for fresh air from heaven because that's where you're a citizen at, at now. If you seek her as silver, using the feminine pronoun for wisdom, as silver. Silver just happens to be the the, the, the medal of redemption, but it's also worth money, right? Seek her as you would for silver or money or as redemption and search for her as for hidden treasures. Wisdom, understanding, discernment, wisdom, understanding, knowledge of God. Listen. And search for her as hidden treasures. Five, then you will understand the fear of the Lord, reverence for God. Listen, and the fear of the Lord changes in your life as you're searching, as you're crying out, as you're lifting up your voice, as you're seeking and searching. Listen to me. You start off with going, oh, no, fear of God. Like, oh, I'm afraid. to, And then it becomes, I'm afraid to hurt him. I don't want to sin against God. But then it becomes this love relationship where it's just pure reverence. Because you realize that you're such a filthy sinner and he's given you grace. He's given you his righteousness. And that fear becomes such reverence for such love that you build this new relationship with God and know who you are and you humble yourself so that he can lift you up. And even that should make you fear him because we don't deserve it. It's unmerited favor. It's grace alone by faith alone. Well, what does he say? Verse 5, Then you understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. And that's that what we're looking for, right? The knowledge of God. Because we want to understand the knowledge of God because then, then our weapons of our warfare, they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, for casting down argument, and every high thing that raises itself against the knowledge of God we need to be able to see it. We need to have discernment. We need to be searching and crying out and lifting up. And the Word of God gives us all that. When we get into the Word of God, we get into prayer and fellowship. We get into these things. We have accountability. And it's about abiding, standing, histomai. That's what that Greek word is, to stand, to abide, remain, and continue. Then you shall find, Proverbs 2, 5, the knowledge of God. For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. He stores up sound wisdom for the upright. He is a shield to those who walk, live uprightly. You're looking to move your heart that way. He guards the path of justice. That's where we want to walk at, the path of justice trying to be right in all things, just in all things, and preserve the ways of his saints. You're the saint or your name. If you have salvation, you're a saint. If you don't, you're an ain't. Then you will understand righteousness and justice, equity in every good path. And we want to know the good path. See, because the bad path, the lying path, is exalting itself against the knowledge of God. 
back in our text, it says what? Everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, that's the strongholds, that's the, what we want to cast down, bringing every thought into captivity. What? Every thought, every argument, every thought, every idea, every ideology. What are we doing? You're bringing it into captivity. Are you kidding me? Yeah, because the devil throws lies in your mind. He wants to win in your mind. If he can win in your mind, he's going to win in your path. He's going to win in your direction. He's going to move you someplace that you shouldn't be instead of in the knowledge of God. Bring them to captivity. Listen to this. It's led away captive. You take that idea and you lead it away. You get it out of your heart. You get it out of your mind. You get it away from your thoughts because it's a lie. It comes from a word that means a prisoner of war. See, it's war. And the devil's fighting to get you to fight a flesh and blood battle. He's, he's fighting to get you to believe the lie. And when you hear the lie and it doesn't line up with the word of God, you take it captive, you make it a prisoner, and you say, no, no, no. You cast it out. You cast it out. You make the lie a prisoner, and you don't obey it, and you obey the truth. And then what do you bring it under captivity to? The obedience of Christ. What did Christ say? Well, that's, 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 that, that, that needs to be taken captive. That doesn't obey Christ. That doesn't obey the gospel. That doesn't obey the truth of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. That's not obeying what God has called me to do. That doesn't line up with truth, so I take it captive. Maybe a thousand times a day in my mind. Until it becomes second nature because of the Spirit of God that you just keep taking it captive. You stop doing it. You remove it from your heart. And then he says in 6, And being ready to punish or revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So there's a time when your obedience is fulfilled? You're punishing the sons of disobedience, the thoughts of disobedience. God one day is going to punish all the sons of disobedience. You and I need to be punishing the thoughts of disobedience, taking them captive. We need to, we need to cast them out. How do we do that? With the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We do it with truth. And actually, the word revenge there or punish there means to retaliate and punish, to carry justice out upon Listen, the devil fights with lies. Our weapon is truth. That's why it all starts with the belt of truth. If you don't believe the Bible is truth, you don't have a belt to hang any other weapons on. You have to believe that this word is truth. It's foundational. If you don't believe Jesus is truth, then you don't have anywhere else to stand. It's not solid ground. It's not the rock. It's not a foundation that will stand. You're building on the wrong house. You have to have that firmly in place. And you say, I believe this. And you trust it. And you want to punish anything that doesn't line up with it. And that doesn't mean you're kicking it or beating it up. Because it's a spiritual battle, not a fleshly one. But you still will speak truth to anybody who tells a lie. You're going to learn the truth. Listen, that's why the battle right now in the streets, everything going on in the world that you see flesh and blood, where's it being waged at? In the minds of people with fear and lies. 
fear and lies. The devil is using these people to lie to people so that in their hearts they believe something that's not true. If they die in that position without knowing Jesus, they go to hell with him. That's all he wants to accomplish. But the devil wants to rule and reign and be like the Most High God. So in order to do that, he has to take over full power on the earth. And the only way he can be omnipresent everywhere at once is using electronics, cameras, GPSs, everything. The only way he can be all-powerful and knowing is by using this same stuff. And then he learns everything about people, and he can come as close as he can, he thinks. But God laughs at him from heaven, according to Psalm 2. But all of this, we have to be careful. Even when you're voting, even when you're working, no matter what you're doing, you have to understand that our call, our ministry, is to go out and win souls and disciple souls. We're called to just proclaim, to witness the ministry of reconciliation as if Christ was pleading through us, be reconciled to God. That's the only thing we're called to do. And if you're going to vote... Know that that is not the battle. Because it doesn't matter whether Joe Biden is president or whether Donald Trump is president. It's the devil trying to take power on the planet to rule and be like the Most High God. He's going to set up his false Christ, his antichrist, that's against Christ with lying signs and wonders. And God allows him to do it so that all the sons of disobedience who won't believe in God will follow that lie. And they'll have no way to stand in the day of judgment. One day every knee is going to bow. So don't get caught up in such a way Listen, I'm voting for Donald Trump, believe me. And, and, and you're allowed to say that. You're allowed to talk about that. And people who are believing lies believe that everything that they say about Donald Trump is true, which is a complete lie. They just want the power back. They were getting ready to bring their one world government to America and set up headquarters from the, from the European over in Europe. And, and Donald Trump somehow got elected. It doesn't matter how it happened. Romans 13 says there's no one in authority except from God. But Donald Trump said you'll not kill babies. Donald Trump has done a lot of things. Now, I'm just telling you, that's, I voted for Donald Trump. He might be the Antichrist. I don't know. Neither does he. But he did not say he was going to kill babies even when they're born out of the womb. And he's trying to give us a voice and allow us to have more time to tell people about Jesus. And that's what I'm going to do. And if he's the best, best road to do that, I'm going to vote there. Because I'm telling you right now, it's a much better idea since we don't war in the flesh, but we're walking in the flesh and we're living here on the planet. It's a better idea than defunding the police. It's a better idea than killing babies. It's a better idea than being communist where you get no power at all. And if you don't think it's going to be communist, Look at the mediums. They're blackmailing Facebook and Twitter and all those places where you can't even put anything up that's truth and they take it down. They take it down. They won't let truth go anywhere. And that way they can control the mind of the masses. But if you're getting your good news from the word of God, you do what you're doing because you're going into the mission field to win people to Jesus. You're not fighting a flesh and blood battle. 
You're fighting a battle in the spiritual realm and trusting the spirit to lead you where you need to be so you can speak to people the way they need to be spoke to so that their conscience can be pierced and they can make a rational choice whether they want to come to Jesus or not and believe the truth. But the Republican Party and the Democrat Party or the Independent Party, none of them are going to save you. Because judgment is coming. We're on God's timetable. We're on God's timing. And God is coming soon. And he's going to take the chosen home. And then he's going to pour out his wrath upon the sons of disobedience who would not believe the truth. Are you looking to be obedient? Are you looking to take thoughts captive? Are you looking to put on the armor of God? that you may be able to stand against the methods of the devil? Because we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but it's against principalities. That's the rulers. It means the chiefs. Listen to me. Principalities. It's, it's, it's talking about order, time, place, and rank. There's a whole delegated force. He mimics what God does. And if you look into heaven, you'll know that there was God who was over everything, and then he had uh, 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 cherubim, he had seraphim, which are different levels of angels, right? Then he also had, he had like Michael, who's the war angel. He had Gabriel, who is a messenger angel. Everybody had a place, everybody had a position, everybody had power. Even uh, uh, Michael did not, as the war angel for God, did not bring a railing accusation against the devil. But he said, the Lord rebuke you. And he knew authority, and he knew his place, and he knew that he was standing in the Lord even as an angel, and he would let God deal with that. But he was being strong in the Lord and the power of his might because he knew full truth. He'd been in the presence of truth, and he rebuked. So there's, a, there's a, the principalities where Christ is the head of all of them, but Satan has his own rank, his chiefs. And he puts some in Hollywood that, do, that make movies that lie to you. He puts some in, in the book who makes books who lie to you. He puts some in the music industry and they lie to you through music and mediums. Any, why do they call them mediums? I mean, mediums in the Bible were for witchcraft. They're a go-between between the spirit realm and, 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 and the physical realm. That's a medium. That's why they call them advertising mediums. They're advertising with spirit of wickedness to deceive you so you don't believe the truth of this word of God. It's powers, which is delegated influence and authority, superhuman authority. This is what we're fighting against. Principalities, of, and they have a time, a place, a rank, an order. It's a military of demons that are with Satan, who is the head chief of them. He's the prince in the power of the air. And he gives them authority, superhuman authority. He gives them delegated influence. But make no mistake, he gets all that from God. God has to give him permission. It's rulers. Rulers of the darkness of this age. Listen, the ruler is a world ruler. It's an epitaph for Satan. Once again, he's the prince in the power of the air. He's the ruler of the demons. We're told in Luke eleven fifteen. 
Rulers of darkness means shadiness and obscurity. It comes from a word that means darkness of air. Darkness is not a good thing. If you look anywhere in the Bible, darkness is always bad. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I fear no evil because the light is with me, because God is with me. There couldn't be a shadow unless there was a light. Darkness is the absence of color. The absence of light. Rulers of the darkness of this world. Again, the system or systems that's diametrically opposed to God. This world. Against a spiritual host of wickedness in high places. King James, against wicked spirits in high places. Spiritual wickedness is the main, but it's got a note that says wicked spirits. That's what they are. They're wicked spirits. Wickedness means depravity, malice, sin, plotting sin. Comes from a word that means hurtful, evil, in effect and influence. These spirits are evil in their effect and then they influence. They're delegated influence in areas. And unless you're underneath unless you're underneath the Spirit of God, led by the Spirit of God, believing the Word of God and the truth of God, then you are being used by the devil. Listen to me. If you don't look to obey and submit and put on the armor of God, then you're not going to have any ability to stand and you'll be used by the devil to destroy. In a sense, you're worshiping the devil because you're not worshiping God. If you believe all the arguments and speculation and imagination that's raised up against the knowledge of God, then you begin to say no to God. That's why you have to be very careful because the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places has taken the education system of the world and they've used it to indoctrinate people that there is no God. They used it to indoctrinate people with evolution. They used it to indoctrinate people with false science about climate change and all of these other things that are going on. They're indoctrinating. And then if you don't listen to them, they expel you from even being a teacher in their schools. Listen, isn't that what we do in the church? If a person is a pastor and he's not teaching the inerrant word of God, we expel them. Now, we might not go take their church from him, but we go, I don't listen to him. He's a heretic. I don't go to that teacher because he's not teaching the word of God. God calls them apostate. He calls them lying shepherds, deceived and deceiving. And they do the same thing in the world. If you try to teach creationism, they expel you from their church. Because that's what it is. It's a church. Not in the sense of the Bible. The Bible is the called out ones, the ecclesia. But it becomes a religion. It becomes a church. It becomes an ideology. It becomes an imagination. It becomes an argument that you either believe or disbelieve. But it's from the devil. And it creates a reality that you live in that removes you from God's kingdom. And you become a child of the devil 
twice dead is what the Bible calls them. Twice dead. There is an angelic conflict all around us, people. Fighting for souls. And that's why God has enlisted us to be soldiers. Not to get entangled with flesh and blood, but to go out and be a witness and give testimony and fight for souls. How do we do it? With truth. With the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And after he tells us that it's not flesh and blood, he says in 13, which is next week's memory verse, he says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Put on, take up. That you may be able to withstand, not just stand, in the evil day and having done all to stand. So you want to withstand the attack. You want to withstand the barrage of lies. And then you want to stand in truth. And you have no ability to fight the devil unless you put on truth. Unless you believe this word. Stand therefore having girded your waist with truth. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all. Listen, because it's all done by faith. You can't believe truth unless you have faith. Above all, taking the shield of faith where which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. What are those? Those are lies. That's how strongholds are made. You believe it once and then it begins to be believed again, believed again. It becomes a stronghold. He throws fiery darts at you. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always, how much is always, with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. So you need the Spirit to lead you because you're walking in the Spirit. As many as are led by the Spirit, you're being taught by the Spirit. He's our guide. He's guiding us to all truth. He's washing and cleansing us. He's using the word to sanctify us. Being watchful. Are you being watchful or are you just going to sleep? Are you being watchful for the coming of the Lord? To this end, with all perseverance, we need endurance and supplication for all the saints. And then he says, for me, that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly, that I may make known the mystery of the good news, the gospel. For which I am an ambassador in chains. You and I are an ambassador. If we're set free and we believe this book, we're not in chains. We're not in bondage. He was actually in a physical prison and was writing. See how the, see how the prison and the place of life does not harm you? It's the mindset. It's the lies. He's ministering to people mightily clear across the country by writing them a letter of truth. He's an ambassador. As if Christ was pleading through him, be reconciled to God. What does he want? He wants to be able to speak boldly the truth as I ought to speak. Not, not lose. Not be won over by arguments. Not be afraid and shrink back. But be able to speak boldly. And see what happens when you get caught up in bondage. When you get caught up as a soldier and you're entangled. When you, when you don't learn the truth, you don't put on the armor of God, you're not learning the knowledge of God. When you're not drawing near to God, you're not submitting to God, then you can't speak boldly. 
But the Bible is clear on that. The righteous are bold as lions. Righteous, because we stand for God. And He's our Father, and He created it all. And He sent us on a mission. He's given us authority. Just like the devil gives his demons delegated authority, Christ has delegated authority to you and me to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey. Bring every thought into obedience. Teaching them to obey all that I commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. See, he's with us. And we can trust him. And we can trust his word. Because if he's God, we know that this word is true. Because man can't mess it up. Man is going to, to, to try to mess it up. The devil is using man to mess it up. In fact, there's copyrights. That every time they print a new Bible, if it's a different company, they have to meet the copyright standards of the world's laws. And they have to change so many words in here. Did you hear about the latest Bible they printed? I, I, I'm not the sure what Queen you're referring Bible. to. I'm not sure what you're referring to. Queen Bible? Yeah. Is it the one that uses the... LGBT. Oh, well... That's what they want to do is destroy it, and they want to make it an all-inclusive club where everybody can come into it, and God's a God who loves us all, and you don't have to worry about it because he's a God of love. And you just love. There's never going to be justice. There's never going to be judgment because he's a God of love. He is a God of love, but you can't leave out the other fact of his character. He's a God of justice. And he poured out all of his justice and wrath upon his son who paid for everything. And if you ignore that payment of his blood, then you have to receive your own full payment for your sin on the day of judgment. You know, listen to me. If I, if I break a bunch of laws and I go out here and get a bunch of speeding tickets and I go into the courtroom and I say, but judge! I heard you're a loving guy. You're nice, and I you can just for, you can just throw them out. Then he's not a just God. But if a guy sitting in the courtroom says, "Judge, I got it. I'll write it. I'll pay it. I'll pay every bit of it. I'll write a check. It's covered." Then he can turn me loose, and he's still a just God because it's been met. The payment's been paid. I can go free because somebody paid for my crimes. So then he's loving and just. But it's not loving or just if somebody who maybe they murdered somebody. And you go into the courtroom, oh, I, I'm a loving judge. I'm just going to set you free. How is he loving the people who lost a loved one? See, it just doesn't work. It doesn't work in the flesh and blood, and it doesn't work spiritually. We've been given these short years and we need to understand that God is calling his people to repent, calling us back to surrender and calling us to sanctification and to obedience. And it's all done positionally in the blood. But if we really believe in the blood, we'll walk it out practically as a witness to other people. 
So therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand and having done all to stand in the evil day. Almost got it right. That's next week's scripture. Ephesians 6.13 Father, thank you for your word and thank you for calling us out of darkness into your marvelous light. We give you praise and glory and we ask you, Lord, to help us to be those who would take thoughts obedience uh, or take thoughts uh, uh, captive to the obedience of Christ and be ready to revenge all disobedience when our obedience is fulfilled. Thank you, Lord, for being such a great loving God who's loving and just. Help us not to get entangled or caught up in a flesh and blood battle, but help us to remember the spiritual realm and that we are spirits who are your children and you are a God who is a spirit. We give you praise. Um, send us out now, Lord, in your power and your might. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.